All right, yay, it worked. Look at that. Yeah. I'm learning stuff. Okay, <laughs> so all you got to do is do the bumper where you say, hey, this is Alex and Lex. Al- really? I, Alex really? and Lex. Alex and, this is Alex and Lex. <laughs> I've been renamed. <laughs> I can't look at your name and say it at the same time. So the Skype <laughs> the window X's. has got the Alex, Alex and <laughs> Alex and Lex, Alex and Lex. I don't know why I do that. Allison. You know what? It happened. I was on a telesummit and, and the same thing happened. She called me Alex and Lex. That's awesome. And it's when the, I used the to, X is there and it's like, it must be Alex. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know what to say. Just say it. <laughs> this is Alex and Lex and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer. That's right. I, I can say it again a little bit better. If you you have like. to say it really cool. You got to right. say like, hey, this is Alex and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go, do it. Now, are you, do you only have listeners on iTunes or do you have a website too? I have a website too. All right. Is it vroomvroomveer.com? Yeah. Okay. Now I got to make sure I don't say my name wrong. Um... It's Allison Lex. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I did it. Yay. <laughs> hey, this is Allison Lex, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer at vroomvroomveer.com. Woo! Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. All right. I can do another one on iTunes. <laughs> no, that's fine. You're cool. I don't know. I think But you, you should say this is Alex This is Alex. Alex. You put your URL in there. Okay. From rockyourmarketing.com. All right. And your like that. All right. Hi, this is Allison Lex from rockyourmarketing.com and you're listening to Room Room Veer. Yay. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alexon. Just call me Alex. Your Alexin, name's Alexon now. Actually, you know what's really funny is um, when I sign my name, I typically use my first initial and my last name. Alex. Which is Alex. That's awesome. So I am Alex and Lex. You are <laughs> Alex and Lex. It's, it's a thing now. Now I'm just going to have to call you Alexon. All the time. <laughs> all the time. That's it. That's all right. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jeremy Barnhart, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you are at apexfunrun.com and it's like a franchise business. And, uh, and you're helping uh, schools um, set up these fundraisers and make a lot of money. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a really great business. So yeah, I mean, how'd you get help, into that? We, we, we help elementary schools, middle schools, high school teams, local community organizations. Our, our franchisees can really help anybody with fundraising needs as well as teaching kids leadership and fitness. Wow. So, but it sounds like a blast. 
Yeah, it's a fun business. So we got, I got into it. I'm, I'm the co-founder of the company. So right. we really started it because of uh, of a personal need. My uh, my wife was on the PTA at our kids' school, and she was really looking for a, a healthy alternative to fundraising as opposed to selling cookie dough and candy bars and all that unhealthy stuff. And, sure. and, yeah. and there really wasn't anything out there. Mm. Uh, at the same time, my business partner, Scott's uh, wife is a first grade teacher, was spending money out of her pocket on supplies for her classroom. And he was looking for a solution to help his wife. And, and, uh, he basically came up with apex fun run where we teach kids leadership and fitness. Teachers get a percentage of what's raised in their classroom. We raise double or triple for schools, what they've ever raised before, as well as other organizations. And, uh, I decided to franchise it all over the country. We've gone from zero to 85 franchises in just about three and a half years and wow. raise about two and a half million dollars every two weeks for schools and organizations <laughs> all over America. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and in our pre-show chat, I was telling you that I did a stint at uh, Inglewood Unified School District here in California, and they did a fun run, but they did everything themselves, and yeah. it was a lot of work for people yeah. that were already busy. So exactly. I get it, where it would you know take all of that a logistics effort off of the the school staff is a big is a big deal. Yep. Those are ideal clients because once they see that we can do all the work while teaching leadership and fitness and technologically raise double or triple, they never do it on their own again. Okay. So Jeremy Barnhart of Apex Fun Run, you're on Vroom Vroom Veer and you know what that means. We have to go back in time. Whoosh. <laughs> and I have to ask you questions about you as a young person. So okay. tell us a story about maybe like your earliest childhood memory. Wow. Earliest yeah. childhood. I think the earliest that I remember is about five years old. Right. Okay. And I remember when I got my first bike on my fifth birthday. Wow. I like that. <laughs> yeah. You got, yeah, I think that's so, the first memory. So training wheels. Got the training wheels, got everything, but I remember getting one, one shot and was up and going and never stopped. That's amazing. That's a good first memory. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's as far as I go back, though. I mean, my wife remembers further back, but I think that's yeah. my first memory. Oh, I like it. I like, and that when you were in Chicago, outside of Chicago, yep, outside Chicago. Nice, a nice warm summer day, probably. I don't know when your birthday is. <laughs> uh, you're right. My birthday's in July, so it perfect. Was. There you go. It was that. It was one of the two months of the year that are actually nice in the Midwest. Uh, exactly. <laughs> when I when I tell people like in California that like, you know, they say, Oh my God, I can't believe how cold it is. And they're talking about like 50 degrees. <laughs> and, and then I say like, you're kidding me, right? This is like a Michigan spring. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. I mean, here in Arizona, if it gets below 65, we start layering, putting on winter right, coats, right. scarves. Yeah, I, I'm in the same but situation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. a beautiful spring or summer day in the Midwest. I'm uh, I'm acclimated as well as you are because you've been in Arizona for like 20 years now. So yep, you've I'm lost a total sissy your... now. I know. It stinks. <laughs> me too. I can't, I can't handle humidity. I can't handle oh, cold temperatures. God, I've, I've no. gone soft. Oh, me too. The uh, couple of years, when, when was it? 2014, I went to Podcast Movement in Dallas. I don't know when the last time you were in Texas, but it's muggy. Oh, my God. Oh, it's God. brutal. It's very, brutal. very humid. Yeah. yeah. Once you've if been I get off a plane in Houston. You, yeah. Yeah. If I go to Houston, I get off the plane. I can't breathe. I feel like somebody's sitting on I, my chest. Any sort of humidity after you've lived in the desert for a while is yep. like oppressive. 
I know. Sure. I'm with you. <laughs> I was just in, I was just in Miami last weekend for a convention and I, and uh, I could I could barely breathe. Right. It's like you have to have like negative clothing on if that can yep. even be possible. <laughs> Okay, so who did you hang out with when you were in uh, in high school? Were you like uh, one of the smart kids? Were you a jock? Where did you fit in the uh, in the categories? You know, I went to a, I went to a really small school. I grew up uh, outside Chicago, pretty right. rural, uh, and so I was kind of blessed that way. Growing up in a small town, I was really the jack of all trades. I was ah, cool. I was played football, basketball, baseball. I was in the band. I was on the choir. I did everything. And because wow. it was such a small school, we all, everybody basically hung out for the most part. And, but I was lucky enough to have a good class of, of classmates where we, we all really challenged one another to get great grades. We all challenged one another to be the best athletes. So we, we really wow. did it all. And I don't see that happening much this in, in these days, but I, I loved it. I loved high school. I was valedictorian of the class. I was quarterback Holy on the cow. football team. I was a you know, shooting guard. <laughs> the basketball team i was all state band and choir i i loved it and you you were like everything so it was almost like was. you wanted to beat yourself up because you were the jock <laughs> and the nerd <laughs> yeah yeah my kids my kids give me a lot of grief because when they pull out all the scrapbooks that my mom did so yeah. i was i i uh, i have one brother who's uh, 11 and a half years younger than me because wow. my mom had 11 miscarriages between us, not oh. to get into too much detail, but right. I was basically an only child for the most part. And then, you know, went to college when he was five, but Mike, so my, so as effectively an only child for most of my growing up, my parents right. did kept everything, every newspaper article, every, every, uh, report card, everything I ever star. did. Sure. Right. And yeah. so my boys now have stumbled across all those books and they're like, <laughs> come on, dad, were you good at everything? That's horrible. And you were like and the so, Michelangelo of, of yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. So you go back, you go back to my high school. I think I'm still on all the walls for all the awards and everything I won. I, I, I was blessed. You rock and rolled that high school. I did. That's awesome. (laughs) I was, and my dad was a teacher there too. So that, so that kind of kept me in line. I was never able to really get Mm -hmm. in any trouble because with my dad being a science teacher there, he knew everything I did before I ever did it. Yeah. And teacher's kid is always kind of like dicey because, you know, the kids look at you like you're a double agent. Exactly. My school, <laughs> my school was so small that we had K through 12 all in the same building effectively. And so as I was growing through elementary age, my dad taught biology and chemistry and my dad was a pretty tough teacher. He didn't give anybody any grades that they didn't earn. And so sometimes I'd have high school kids who were ticked off at my dad for something who would then try to come find me in the elementary school to give me grief about it. So I kind of figured out at a young age, I didn't really take crap off anybody. That's good. That's a good lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's gotta be tough, but Hey, it, it worked out. So did you go to college there in, uh, in Illinois, the Chicago area or or did you escape? No, I went to my undergrad Augustana College in uh, Northwest Illinois and uh, had double major accounting and finance and loved college as well. Had a, had a great experience. And you, did you keep up with the athletics too? Yep, played football and uh, was a cover uh, cover band singer in my fraternity. Oh wow! Yeah, I, <laughs> rock I, and roll, dude. <laughs> I, I've had I've had a pretty nice life. I can't complain. Right? Wow, you just did everything. 
Yeah. I mean, that's my parents as educators, you know, they, they encouraged me to do everything. My, my dad was a barbershop quartet guy too. So he encouraged, you know, they encouraged music to be a big part of our upbringing. And so we, we, we did it all. Good for you. Yeah. Now, when I was in high school, I did, um, I did, I became sort of like blossomed, like a, say like junior year of high school. Cause I was sort of like a little bit like you minus the jock, uh, aspect. Uh, as far as I got was like high school football, uh, in ninth grade freshman football. And, uh, and I had enough. I was like, you know, that's a lot of work for writing the bench, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I guess I was a pretty early bloomer. I was six foot in eighth grade. And so I could, could jump, could throw pretty well. And so we, we did very well. We only lost a few games, uh, all through high school and football. And we always got beat my junior and senior year. We got beat by the same private Catholic school every each year in the playoffs. We would, Mm. I would get to that stage and you know, the Catholic schools always recruited the best athletes all Mm. over any respective city. And Mm. I remember going to the line of scrimmage in the, in those playoff games each year and looking across and going, Oh crap, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I'm going to get crunched on every play. Yeah, they were bigger, faster, just uh, it was it was, brutal. it was it was almost like not fair. That's true. Right. Wow. Bummer. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. happening. And then, then yeah. in college, I, I ran into this, some of the guys that I played against. They're like, oh, I've got video of when I would crunched you on a couple of plays. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Let's let's thanks. not remember those days. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Okay. So how did you escape the Midwest? Well, I, uh, uh, straight out of college, I was with Deloitte and Touche, the largest accounting consulting firm in the world. And, uh, I transferred amongst, uh, four different offices, ultimately making my way here to the Southwest in Phoenix. Uh, I always had aspired to kind of make my way out of the Midwest from a weather perspective and ultimately ended up here in, here in Phoenix. Nice, nice, nice. So talk a little bit about uh, what was your life like when you first got your first job out of college with that, uh, accounting it was, I guess it was an accounting firm. Is that what Deloitte is? Yes. Yep. Okay. Accounting and consulting firm. Okay. Uh, I basically worked my butt off. I mean, in right. in those back then it was the big eight. There were, there, there were eight Nash international firms. Now it's down to kind of the final four, but okay. back then, you know, they were, they only hired the top echelon of any class at any college or university. Uh, but they worked you to, to the bone, mm. but it was a great experience because you got to see lots of different public and privately held companies. You got to see the inner workings of how they operated see what worked, see what didn't work, be exposed to Fortune 500 companies as well as small privately owned and saw entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes. And you you worked some long, long hours, but you got more experience there in a year than most people got in five years in a in a industry. Right. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, it's good and it's, you know, obviously long term you'll burn out. But at right. least, you know, you are getting that sort of like head dunk total immersion kind of exposure like you're talking about. Yeah, most people turn over in that industry within the first couple of years because they just can't take it. Uh, I was always, I'm super competitive. And so I, anything I do, I want to be the best at it. And so going into that, I aspired that I was going to be a partner and I was going to be a partner fast with the firm. And, and so I did, I made partner in 10 years, whereas most people are more, you know, 13 to 15 years. And then, uh, uh, after I'd been a partner for six years, I was kind of at the top, top levels. And I was like, okay, I've done this now i'm now i'm ready to move on 
It, it, it had a been there, done that kind of feel. Exactly. And there wasn't fun. It wasn't any fun anymore. Right. It, you just kind of like not a challenge anymore. You needed something new. Yep. Gotcha. Is, so is that when you started looking to do this apex thing or did that come later? That came a little bit later. I, so I what was retired, next after that? Okay. So I retired from the firm really because of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the industry, Sarbanes-Oxley came out back in the back in the day when there were all those audit failures of WorldCom and Tyco and the energy companies in Texas that all went under and Arthur Anderson went out of business. I and remember the, that, the, yeah. Yeah, the rules all changed that really made it uh, horrible. You basically had to get into such level of minutia detail detail with clients on internal controls and processes that it, it was just not any fun. And you couldn't even consult a client and give them advice because if you gave them advice that implied that they didn't know what they were doing before and it was viewed as a negative and then it was just no fun. Uh, also, if you are a partner with a large you know, international accounting firm, you sort of sell your soul to the firm, even though you're a partner and, and have ownership in it, you still work lots and lots of hours. And mm-hmm. I, I really kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the fact that a lot of my other partners that were maybe more senior or in, in age to me, I saw their kids growing up to be just riffraff. You know, I mean, right. because they worked all the time and traveled all the time, their kids didn't necessarily have a positive male influence in their life. And they, they grew up entitled kind of snots. And, uh, <laughs> and I, and yeah. I, and I saw yeah, that yeah. and I, sure. and I the, the straw that broke the camel's back was actually one of my partners. Uh, I won't name what city I was in sure. at the time. Uh, he, he had gone on a European vacation and while he was on vacation, his two children moved into his home, uh, proceeded to build a meth lab in the backyard and get busted. Wow. And, and these weren't young children. They were 28 and 32, I believe <laughs> were the ages. Wow. The SWAT team proceeded to come try to get them out. They wouldn't come out. They had to put smoke bombs through the windows, ramrod the front door. Uh, at the same time, the old uh, MTV show, MTV Road Rules was going through town and heard there was a meth lab at a really expensive house. And so his house was on TV. He got a call, got a call in Europe that he had to bail his two kids out of jail. And at that point, I said, you know what? I, I think I'm good. I've I've made made good money. I've got uh, I didn't have all three of my boys at the time. Well, I guess I did have all three of my sons at the time. But and they I were, said, you they know were, what? They must have I, been younger than 26 yeah. and 28. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, my my three boys now are 17, 13, and 11. Okay. And, and so I determined back then that I was not interested in and in being an inactive parent or father, and that I wanted to be able to retire from the firm, be able to coach the boys in football, basketball, baseball, be active and do my best to raise three, three young men. And the rest is history. Right. Wow. So what was the next job, uh, phase after you retired? Did so you, you I didn't go totally right into retired. the, uh, into the apex fund run thing. No, no, I was totally retired for a few years. Okay. And then the, the, uh, the great depression hit. 2008. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Okay. And, uh, and I had unfortunately a little bit too much of my money in real estate and Uh, here in Arizona, we got just decimated and I lost, lost more money than I thought was ever, ever possible. I didn't really have things that were highly leveraged, but yet I still got destroyed. Um, and so 
I, having the entrepreneurial spirit, was like, well, okay, well, I'm just going to reinvent myself and uh, and start some, start a business and get back into business. And so uh, I started a couple different businesses with a partner of mine, and uh, they weren't things that I was terribly excited about. We were doing some importing, exporting, some mm. some call center type stuff, and trying to help consult people on how to get out of debt, things like that. Right. Uh, but you're I never dabbling, really you're tinkering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. But didn't really love it. Um, and then when uh, m- when my wife was you know looking for a fundraising solution and uh, and found Scott who was trying to find one for his wife, I was like, you know, this is great. I mean, my passions have always been education and fitness. And I said, listen, I think this is a business that we should uh, blow up nationally, franchise and. Uh, and we did. I had enough, you know, for my years with the firm, I knew enough about franchising to be able to write the franchise agreement and franchise disclosure document. And so, so between my wife my and my partner, Scott, we, we focused on me growing the business nationally or internationally. She focused on growing the business in the Phoenix market, took, took the Phoenix market from zero to a hundred schools in a couple of years and wow. raised $2 million in that second year for elementary schools in the Phoenix market. And then I told my partner, Scott, I said, you focus on the creative, you know, themes and web and those sort of things. And yeah. here we are five, six years later with a really great large company. That's pretty amazing. So what was it like when you were, when you were retired, were you having fun? It's glorious. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so you were staying home uh, with the kids? Oh, well, the kids are in yeah, school. I mean, kids, kids are in, in school. I mean, I... Uh, it was glorious. I, 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 That's great. That's I, like the best answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not one of those guys who doesn't have hobbies. I mean, okay. there's a lot of people who define themselves by their work, and I, yeah, yeah. I've never been that guy. I've worked sure. to live, not live to work. Good. And so I, I enjoyed it. I played tennis all the time. I was golfing. I was, you know, coaching the boys' sports. I mm. had the ability, never had to miss a an event or a doctor's appointment. You it were was, like a professional it, dad great. at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah. And what was your wife doing while you were screwing her out? So she, uh, <laughs> she had, I had met her at the firm. She was the marketing director in the Phoenix office. Oh, so and she was and still working. once we had, no, once we had boys, she became a stay at home mom. Okay. And so, so she had done that. And so when, then when I retired, we, we got to have fun together. We, we played tennis together, mixed doubles, and we did our, did our things. She would do her stuff with the girls and volunteered at the school, which, you know, she was on the PTO, which is again, why we started the business that we have now. Right, right, right. So you actually enjoyed your semi-retirement, retirement, all, all the did? retirement. <laughs> can't, can't wait to hopefully get back someday. <laughs> I think it worked out. See, when I tried to go kind of like semi-retired, my wife was still working. So uh, it's boring. You, then sure. you realize you're like, uh, okay, let's see. All my Air Force buddies have moved. <laughs> I've got to go make new friends. And uh, oh, geez, I'm feeling isolated. So it kind of yeah. got like shitty. You know, for me. Yeah. But you had a good time. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, here here in Scottsdale, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners. And so yeah. there are so a lot of my friends had the flexibility to to do things. Right. You know, if you if, if most of your friends had nine to five jobs, then yeah, you'd be sitting at home going, geez, what the heck am I gonna do right. now? But, exactly. but I had By the time I had you, lots of buddies who yeah. golfed regularly, who played tennis regularly, who did stuff. And and having three boys can keep you pretty busy as it is with right. them all doing sports and school stuff as well. Sure. Well, that's amazing. Good for you. Too bad it didn't last. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't know. What's your day-to-day life like now? It, it seems like you're, are you going to an office to work 
Uh, I run the business out of my home, uh, so I have a home office. But right. I'll tell you, when Lisa will tell the story, my wife, that when we started this, the idea was for her to sort of work part time, just kind of help and sell schools. Uh, and then we've we've blown it up to the point where she and I both work like dogs. And so she's not as happy as she was because she kind of enjoyed being able to to have the flexibility more. Right. Um, because with three boys, it's you know divide and conquer most of the time. And so right, right. I think she would love to be able to get back to it. But now she serves as our national sales and marketing director and she helps launch new franchisees in their markets and helps consult them on how to share our program with schools and organizations. And she loves what she does, but but we both work very hard. And so we're pat two ships passing in the night half the time, even though we, you know, she's she's out in meetings. I'm on the phone with my door closed in my office most of the time. Mm. And then with three boys, you know, most of the time they all we have sports events or practices seven days a week. And wow. uh, then we usually are, you know, dividing and conquering half the time. Yeah. So you are <laughs> thoroughly task saturated, as they say. <laughs> yes, there's very, very little time for we haven't done anything with just us for six years now. Wow. And uh, it's all about the business and the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I mean, do you guys have employees or is it just you and your yep. partner? Oh, no, okay. we've got a, we got a full team of quality control, admin support, IT, wow. uh, our, our group that provides all the prizes and supplies for our franchisees. So we've got pretty, pretty decent size, you know, corporate home office uh, team. And then as again, I've got 85 franchises in 23 states. So we're supporting them wow. as well as I, at any point in time, I have 40 people in 15 states who also want to become Apex Fund Run franchisees that I'm, that I'm talking to. Wow. So you're a busy guy. Thanks I for am. talking to me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You're like looking at the clock. Yeah, I got shit to do, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Gotta All right. Go. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a blast. So what else can we talk about? Because um, we kind of went through your life kind of fast, didn't we? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like if uh, so, if somebody wants to start a franchise in your business, where do they start? They just go to... Yeah, reach out to apexfundrun.com. Yeah, they yeah. can reach out and we'll, we'll share share with them how to how to be their own business owner, control their own destiny or if or if any listeners have, you know, needs for fundraising whether they've got kids in elementary schools or middle schools or they're on a high school sports team and need to raise money or even for their church or local organizations we can help them with it all i, I guess i would encourage your listeners depending on whether or not they're they're working 9 to 5 or or right. not uh, you know think about ownership think about having your own business there's lots of great opportunities out there that you can control your own destiny i mean i'm working hard because we're in a major growth trajectory you know we're we're consent, we've been doubling tripling for the first few years we are our, our slow pace has been about 50% growth, which, you know, That's is, is pretty, pretty busy. busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. At some point in time, I'm hoping we'll just sort of, you know, stabilize. Although again, we're all pretty competitive, so we keep, keep moving, but you know, mostly as a business owner, you've got the choice to do what you want to do in most days. I mean, right, even right. though I'm super busy, I still go to all the kids events. I still coach football. I still, you know, head to their basketball games. And so, so yeah, it's busy, but I control my busyness. I'm, I'm probably busy right. because I choose to be busy, but I, I still am able to balance it and spend time with the kids and go to their events. I mean, I, I tell my kids all the time, you don't understand what it's like. Many of us, when we grew up, our parents were super busy and they didn't come to our events. I mean, right. there's, there's kids out, there's people out there who will say, 
yeah, my dad never saw me play anything because he always just worked. And, mm. and my kids have probably never had an event that either myself or my wife or both were not at. Right. And I said, that's, that's not, pretty rare. That's, you know, most, most rare. parents can't do that. Right. Exactly. And, right. and that's the beauty of business ownership. I mean, there are sporting events half the time in the middle of an afternoon. Mm. And if you worked at nine to five, you'd have a hard time getting your boss to let you leave to go see that. But right. if you have your own business, you have the, the opportunity boss. to say, hey, I'm <laughs> going to the baseball game. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that phone call from the stands. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> if I have to, or I'll just, yeah, you know. I mean, right, yeah, right now I'm laying by the pool with a margarita. Not, yeah, right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be if I wanted you to. You could be if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of the call wouldn't be so great, but yeah. I'd be enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, we'd be, we, it might be a little more slurred. So right. at, give us an example of, say, like, you are obviously running the business instead of just a franchise. Do you think, like, most of your franchise ease your franchise owners have a little bit more more um free time or are they crazy busy too? yeah no like, i think i think so i i sort of have to live vicariously through them and they live vicariously <laughs> through their employees but but yeah right. i think most of my franchisees initially when they start the business they're working their tails off you know right. they're out there right, marketing right. schools and organizations well they have to but, set everything up yeah yeah but once they get it established and they've got their their, their athletes and serving yeah. schools and the systems then they get to have the ability to step back it's it's like anything if you surround yourself with strong people it gives you a lot of flexibility and if you know how to delegate it gives you flexibility and so right. so they hire the right people they count on them following our systems and serving schools and organizations the right way and then they're managing them and managing the relationships and they they have a lot of flexibility right you know, and, and I don't know if you experience this either, but a lot of times when you have a corporate job, your busyness is sort of like this fake busyness. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, meetings and calls and or looking yeah. busy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, in large corporate organizations, there it's all about the meeting. There's just meeting after meeting, meeting after me- meeting right, to talk right. about having a meeting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, they make you sit there and waste time. So the boss yep. can, you know, get like five minutes of information from you. <laughs> I remember when I was in the Air Force, um, there was this one very busy program manager and he loathed the colonel's meetings, you know, and he would be sitting there working, ignoring the meeting. And he'd be like, and he always sat next to me and he'd go before one before me, you know, kick me. So I can wake up and be ready to talk to the colonel. I'm like, oh, geez, because he's totally <laughs> tuning out of everybody else talking because <laughs> sure. it has nothing to do with his program. It's all everybody is reporting to the boss it has nothing to do with what he's got going on. It's all stovepipe. Right. Yep. But the colonel wants everybody in the room to give, you know, input to him so he can, you know, whatever. Right. They're having a meeting. <laughs> he's like, kick me one, uh, you know, one before my turn. I'm like, OK. <laughs> Nope. Well, and that's the, was, that's the beauty of, of private business ownership is that you yeah. should hopefully be only doing things that are productive towards the benefit of your business. I right. mean, for me, I'm I'm hopefully either helping my current franchisees be more successful or helping us bring in new franchisees or always growing. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, that there's all kinds of folks that, you know, you when you have the uh, the nine to five job. No, don't get me wrong. I get it. You got to work. Right. But. It's just, for whatever reason, the corporate culture kind of like lends itself to that sort of like 
I don't know. This is these sort of like uh, unproductive behaviors. For, yeah, unless unless there's reason. true accountability deadlines, things like that, then it's easy to be distracted, especially in today's social media world. I have to imagine that half of most days people are blowing on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're uh, you know, I I did just like about mm, six months or so working at a, a a bank in downtown L.A. and uh, everybody looks amazingly busy. This bank was from Singapore. And everybody looks amazingly busy. And I can't imagine that anybody's that busy all day. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, for the first couple of months, I just thought, wow, these people are just really busy. Um, but then I realized that they weren't, you know, all working all the time, but they were very efficient at uh, really hiding the fact that they weren't really all that busy. <laughs> it's a ma- mast- mastered art. Exactly. And I had to, actually, they had to teach me, right? <laughs> They're like, hey, you're ruining the curve over right, there. Right, exactly. You actually well, do stuff, then everybody's going to have to do stuff. Kind <laughs> of. I, I like I like working. I like, you know, staying at, not necessarily challenged, but at least doing something, you know? Right. Even if it's something easy, <laughs> you know? I'm not, you know, I don't need to change the world. I just, you know, want to be entertained, <laughs> I guess, by activity, you know, and labor and work is, is pretty fun. You know, when you're mildly challenged by something, maybe it's easy, maybe it's, you know, not, but just sitting there and looking busy, ugh, yeah. oy, Watch, watching paint dry. That it's, well, I couldn't do that. I would be like doing stuff. They told me there in the beginning, there was going to be a lot of downtime. All right. So really, yeah, they were like, you know, there's going to be a lot of downtime when we don't need you to do anything but be ready in case, you know, we need you. Mm. Right? I guess that's probably why Facebook was created then. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I can only get like five minutes out of Facebook, right? So I'm listening <laughs> to podcasts and I'm like studying Spanish, right? And then and then the boss is complaining, you know, to the person that hired me. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You told me I could screw around on my downtime. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can. You just have to do it right. <laughs> I was like, okay, what do I keep, have to keeping the right keeping the right image while you're screwing around? Yes, exactly. You have to like make sure that you kind of like have the company web page up, and then make bring up another web browser window and hide it on top. <laughs> <laughs> so everything you do looks like you're reading the corporate website. Ugh, I know, right? <laughs> I quit that job. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this has been a blast. So you are Jeremy Barnhart and you are at uh apexfunrun.com. That's right. Yeah, and this has been a blast. Thanks thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you for having me. All right, have a good one. You too. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.